catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Have you ever spoken to a bot programmed to answer you by your telco or internet provider? Have you tried to contact a support agent only to find out that you were listening to a robot or a bot? How about chatting with an online bot on a website? That ever happened? Have you ever used Google Assistant or Siri? Were you able to tell that you were interacting with a machine or a bot or a robot? Okay, so now pay close attention to this. Good morning. Thanks for calling Harper Valley National Bank. My name is Grace. How can I help you today? Uh, yes, last night I was entertaining some clients and I think I left my wallet at the restaurant. And to be safe, I want to replace my debit card. Mm-hmm. Before I can help you with that, I'll have to authenticate you, okay? Okay. May I ask who I'm talking with first and last name, please? My name is Chris Johnson. Mm-hmm. And what was the name of your first pet? Um, Professor Sparkles. Okay, great. That's Professor Sparkles. All right, let me check that information you gave me. Okay, Mr. Johnson, just checking your name. Looking through your security questions. Professor Sparkles. Oh, my God, that's precious. Oh, he was precious. Okay, I just submitted your request. All right, thank you, Mr. Johnson. You are authenticated. Okay, should I go ahead and submit that request for your new debit card? Yes. Okay. Let's check on that card. Just seeing how long that'll take. Okay, so I expedited that brand new card, eh? I also went ahead and waived the normal fee for you. Oh, thank you. It should arrive in three business days, sir. Great. Is there anything else I can do for you? Yeah, I should probably make sure no money was stolen from my old card. Can you tell me my checking account balance? Mm-hmm. Okay, Mr. Johnson, I'm going to look up that checking balance for you. Okay, bringing up your checking account. Okay. All right, Mr. Johnson, I see here that your checking account balance is $37.35. Would you like help with something else? Yes, I would like to transfer $1,000 from my savings to my checking account. I'd be happy to make that transfer, Mr. Johnson. Thank you. Just to confirm, you want me to move $1,000 from your savings to your checking? Yes. Right? Yes. All right, Mr. Johnson. I'm initiating that transfer. Okay, Mr. Johnson, I submitted that. It should go through in three to five business days. Thank you. Would you like help with something else? No, that does it. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Okay, sir. Have a great day. You too. Goodbye. This is a task-specific voice bot called Grace, developed by GridSpace, that can handle multi-turn customer interactions in a natural and friendly way. So will bots like Grace be the future of call center agents? A lot of banks, e-commerce, and other businesses are introducing conversational artificial intelligence in Africa. What will be the future of conversational artificial intelligence or conversational AI in Africa? What impact will conversational artificial intelligence have in Africa? According to a recent IDC spending guide, the global conversational AI market will reach $77.6 billion in 2022. This is more than three times the $24 billion forecast for the year 2018. How big is this conversational AI market in Africa if we compare it to the global markets? 
How big will this market be in Africa in the year 2022 and beyond? To discuss this is an experienced professional in conversational AI, conversational design, and digital transformation. The founder and CEO of the European Chatbot and Africa Chatbot and Conversational AI Summit, Sydney Eneremadu. Also in this discussion is an artificial intelligence enthusiast, a published author and contributor to well-known publications across the world. He is the chair of the Special Interest Group on Artificial Intelligence and Robotics with the IITPSA, the Institute of Information Technology Professionals South Africa, and a 2019 award winner for the best AI and robotics management consultant by Wealth and Finance Magazine, Johan Stein. It's good to meet you, Sydney, and good to meet you, Johan. Sydney, Thank how are you. you doing? I'm all right. And Johan, how are you doing? Good. It's, it feels like it should be August if I look at how busy I've been. <laughs> and I'm doing well. Thanks, uh, Anthony. <laughs> okay. Um, looking at demand and supply of conversational artificial intelligence, the scale, increased adoption of voice through... Um, say, bot, voice assistant, voice recognition, and other solutions. What trends did you notice in 2021 in Africa? Because, you know, this is an African discussion, a conversation about how it is on the continent. I want to answer your question in two ways. Firstly, the actual technology have advanced significantly. You know, we used to have chatbots that were static bots on a website popping up which was more a frequently asked questions page that's glorified. It wasn't really a, a conversational AI that understands your meaning. Because, you know, a lot of people, I think what a lot of consumers struggle with is they know what their pain point is, but they don't always know how to express it. So if it's a normal static bot, it won't recognize what the consumer is saying, you know. So if it's my internet is down, I might just say, I don't have internet. But if it's a static bot, what does it do with it? If it's a conversational AI and it looks at the sentiment analysis and the contextual data, it'll pick it up. So that's the one answer. This technology has advanced significantly. In Africa, because we are such a vast growing population in, in Africa, because we have such a vast population using mobile phones rather than necessarily land-based internet connections and the like. I mean, we, we're one of the largest, if not the largest mobile pay industries in the world is is in Africa. The challenge with Africa is that, you know, they reckon there's between two and three thousand languages and dialects on the African continent. And a lot of these chatbots or conversational AI platforms are, of course, the Northern American or Western European. But if you struggle with English as a first language, so I think, and there's a lot of people even here in South Africa in the universities doing good work. So yeah, the technology is advancing. But the African adoption of it and the adoption of African languages and dialects is still lagging behind. I hope, Anthony, that answers your question. I would love to hear what my fellow brother in arms, who is also an African, thinks about this. <laughs> yeah, before we get to um, that, how would you describe the demand and supply of um, conversational AI solutions on the continent? Again, Anthony, the supply is there, but it's American or it's, uh, it's UK-based English or so, or it might be French for certain as, uh, areas in Africa, for instance, or Portuguese. The demand is rapidly increasing. I don't think the supply is keeping up when it comes to 
people's indigenous languages. And even if we can't do it for the 3,000 languages in Africa, we should be able to do it for the 50 top languages as an example, you know. So it is massively increasing that not only in commerce, if we think of banking, if we think of customer service, but also in healthcare, if we think of education, you know, my son, he uses my Google Home device when he does his homework. I've taught him. He can say, hey, Google, what is the, what is it when you add 50 to 125? Now he's cheating a little bit, but the internet is helping him, you know, or he can ask it questions about history and the like. But he understands English. But what if you live in a rural area somewhere? What if you're if you're really struggling with the English language? Education is one thing. What if you're a mother and your child is busy dying because he or she's got fever? There's no doctor within 200 miles, but you've got a mobile app. And you can ask the mobile app for medical advice, but you can't speak English. And the mobile app is only on English. So that's one from a societal point of view, Anthony. The demand is there. It's massive. But we need to do a lot more as Africans in making sure that our people on this continent can access this technology in a language they are comfortable with. Sydney, what trends do you think you noticed in 2021? Before I go into this, I just want to make a, a kind of to understand of what is a chatbot and what is a professional AI. Initially, most companies we have before, for what you have said, it just FAQs, you know, of a chatbot they put on the website. But right now, we have the conversational AI which have been helping to be the brain power, you know, that support for, for people to understand the languages, different languages. So, uh, from what I said before, I said that a chatbot is a computer programming designed to allow interactions between humans and technology. And along the line, as things progress, so we have the conversational AI, which is the brain power that makes Chatbots capable of understanding and processing and responding to human languages, which can make things to understand. So when you come into the trends of that you notice in Africa based on the following, you know, Africa has quite a lot of things to offer. Yes. And the, the only issue we have in Africa is the languages. That's the only issue we have. And we have a lot of people that are using the mobile phone. You know, we have seen uh, quite a lot of companies using the WhatsApp chat, you know, to attend to customers. But the problem is that we have not been able to have the right languages being used because most people in the rural areas cannot be able to, if they don't speak this language or the English, they can't be able to use uh, the chat. So uh, as it stands now, the demand is high. We believe that uh, conversational AI adoption across industries in Africa is going to be so massive this year. Which we have seen quite a lot of increase in the financial industries. Also, if they have been using it for their demand and supply for reaching out to customers. Also, if you look at the voice bot also, which a lot of financial industries and insurance wants to start to be using. So I think that uh, most of this is going to be scaled up this year in Africa. Very interesting. Now, um, Sydney has gotten into a path that um, at first I wanted to avoid, but now that Sydney has drawn us into it. Johan, what makes for conversational AI? What feature defines conversational AI? You you say this is conversational AI. Yeah, look, it's a good question, Anthony. There's still a lot of confusion around that. And and again, Sydney has also alluded to this. A, A chatbot is fairly static. You program it and say, these are the most likely 50 questions a customer might ask us, it's looking for certain keywords. So for instance, if you're a restaurant, 
you might be asked, what is your opening hours? When do you open in the morning? When do you close in the evening? It's looking for those keywords and then it can answer you. It will most likely not answer you specifically. It will just give you the opening hours website. So if you say on Thursday morning, what time do you open? It won't answer that question. It'll just give you all the opening hours and closing hours. Okay. Where conversational AI uses firstly a lot of data, and that's the problem a lot of companies have. They don't have all the right data on their customers, or they don't know how to use all the data. But if I speak to, as an individual, Johan, to, for instance, my mobile phone provider on their chatbot to a conversational AI, when I log in, it should know a lot about me already. It knows where I live. It knows what mobile phone product I have. It knows what handset I have. It knows in what area I live. It knows whether there's a mobile phone outage in my area or not. It should know what kind of applications I'm using on my phone. So taking all those data points together, it should be able to help me a lot more accurately. You know, so if I can just bring it back to the restaurant example. Now, you know, your mobile phone provider has more information on you than any other provider you'll ever access, you know, even more than your bank, because they know exactly where you are geospatially, they can track you and so forth. But if I could bring it back. So imagine I log on to my favorite restaurants app and I say, what time do you open on Wednesday? A chatbot would say, we open at seven or we open every day at seven. A conversational AI would say, hello, Johan. Lovely to see you again. We're open at seven and we've been noticing you've been having bacon and eggs every day. Can we actually pre-order that for you so that when you walk into the restaurant, your food is ready? Or we can see that now that it's winter, you, you prefer more warmer food if we look at your history over the last 12 months. So that's the thing, Anthony. It's, it's taking all this contextual data and actually servicing your customers better than just in a static way. It's a very maybe simplified explanation, but hopefully it will help some of your listeners. So and that's the challenge with a lot of these so-called chatbots. You know, you ask the bot a question, it doesn't know seem to know anything about you because it's not accessing all the other systems that's containing all the information on you as a customer. I hope that helped, Anthony, but we can unpack this definitely a lot more. Okay. Uh, let's stay on the trends for 2021. Sydney mentioned banks, insurance leading uh, the major trends in adoption on the continent. Johan, which industries do you think led the you know the major trends in 2021? Maybe banking, insurance. You mentioned healthcare and education as two um, areas you're really, really excited about. Look, Anthony, the, and I agree with Sydney because the charge is led by the companies with money. So that will be banks and financial services, insurance, you know. Unfortunately, healthcare education doesn't have the money or the often the state investment that it should have. Although there's most likely, or not most likely, there definitely is a greater need for people to access technology, to live healthier lives, to educate their children better. But the banks across the world and definitely in Africa are throwing uh, millions of dollars of this, at this kind of technology. And, and I think it's good because as banking clients, we should have a lot of, a lot more options, a lot, more, a lot better service. I would love to see that that pendulum swings in time, that there's a lot more investments, whether that's through the United Nations or somewhere else where millions of dollars are invested in the healthcare applications 
of this technology. If we think malaria, which is such a big problem in Africa, HIV, AIDS, and even just malnutrition, a lot of times people don't understand what kind of food, given their meager um, earnings, given that they might not have much to give their children. But imagine an app that can show you, even if you have only porridge, maybe some leaves and, and some goat milk or whatever, a best way to mix it up to give your child the best nutritional value you can give them given your, your meager earnings. That's where, but yeah, to answer your question, the growth is in banks, it's in insurance, it's in financial services, and that's a good thing. If we can find ways of making it grow in these other areas that impacts our children's future, it would be even better, I think. And a dollar for your thoughts on the industries that would leap in 2022 on the continent. Sydney, let's hear you. Well, I, I think that uh, uh, from what I said before, I think the financial industry is quite uh, using this solution in Africa. They are pushing up the drive. Uh, most of the uh, banking, financial industry, they use it for ultimate core banking services, where they try to help their customers. And also they do what they call the instant and personalized service. They can personalize it and use the chat box to, to reach out to them. So uh, from what Joanne said, I think also, apart from the financial industries, some there are telecommunication also in Africa is quite using it. They have the Toby, they have been doing uh, from Vodacom. They have been doing quite a lot of things in Africa as well, you know, reaching out, which uh, they have been using powerful upselling potentials and uh, to increase acquisition rates, you know, they use uh, the commercial AI as well. So uh, the best uh, is that the public sector have not been using it as such. Here in the Western world, uh, we have the uh, most of the government here, they use uh, chatbots, control AI, to work in all their agencies. They can use it to apply for their passport for their citizens. You can be in your house, use it to apply, use it to pay for your pass, you know, do quite a lot of things. So I think this is where the African government have to come in, you know, to look into using the public services. Where mm. it give everybody rest, rest assured for them to be in their house. Instead of uh, traveling miles, you know, like I'm from Nigeria, so when I want to get my passport, I know the hassle I have to pass to be on the passport office to stand there. But when you stay here in the Western world, you can do everything in your house, you know, everything being sorted out. So uh, most of the financial industries are the ones right now using this heavily in Africa. So we also see most of these agencies are going to follow next. Talking about those in the public offices, those in the public space, government and all on the continent, not investing in conversational AI or using it to, you know, push services that will benefit the people. But Johan, before we get to that point about the impacts that conversational AI will have in Africa if it's adopted across board, what top three industries do you think would stay at the top of the trends in 2022? Again, we're, it's following the money, Anthony. So I think banking, financial services will remain at the top. Uh, Anthony, may, uh, sorry, certainly mentioned an important point around your telco providers, because they are, in a sense, the conduit between us and conversational AI. It's using their networks on our smartphones. They can do a lot more to serve their customers better. Certainly, uh, rightly refer to the fact that your mobile providers are playing strongly in the financial services space. In fact, they're becoming banks. Yeah. Your, your mobile providers are actually now technology companies who 
kind of on the side do telco, but they're technology providers and they are banking services providers. And again, there's not a continent on this planet more ready and open for banking like that. You know, you don't have to go to a branch. You don't have to travel miles to get there. Sydney mentioned the passport application, but also if you have to go to your bricks and mortars branch. So yeah, so banking, financial services, definitely. And and then if we can touch on what Sydney said, the public services, servicing your population who have more money than some of these banks in some instances should invest a lot more in making life better for their citizens and easier through this technology rather than going somewhere, seeing someone. I don't know if it's an African thing. I've experienced this here in South Africa. And, and, I, and again, it's a worldwide thing, you know, corruption. But in, in Africa, in my experience, it is. The reason they want you to go somewhere to see someone is so you can slip a little brown envelope under the table, which you can't do on a chatbot. That's maybe, I don't know. That's maybe why they, they don't want this technology right. to grow, you know? <laughs> hmm. Wow. Okay. Now, We've mentioned the public space, how this would be important for the public in the public space. Let's look at, say, three examples or two, um, each from Johan and from Sydney. Practical examples of the impact that this solution will have on the continent. You could either decide to choose, maybe, say, finance and say this is, you know, the impact it's going to have. Maybe something in the public space to say this is the impact it's going to have if we actually adopt conversational AI. So we'll start with Johan and then we get to Sydney. Anthony, I think access to banking services and access to credit to more people. A lot of people are not educated in dealing with banks or financial services. Um, so they almost fear it. But if you want to start, even if it's a small business, if you have a little part of ground nearby and you want to grow fruit and vegetables, as your business grows, you, you access, you need access to more credit. You need to understand how balance sheets work. You need to understand what's a, how do you make profit and stuff. So the education of people from a banking point of view and a financial management point of view, but also making it easy for them to get better access to credit. Even if it's small amounts, again, to, to Sydney's point, my, a lot of people might not have the money to travel for four hours or four days to a place to speak to a bank manager who may or may not be there. But if I can be educated, as a, especially as a young person, on how money works, and I can easily get a little bit of credit so I can show, I can show profits through my fruit selling and fruit growing business. So, so that is important. The other thing, again, on healthcare of people who are struggling. I mean, we've got all the information in the world at our fingertips if we have a smartphone. The challenge is what do we do with all that information? So we need guidance. So if you have a certain pain in the side of your body, you need to, I don't want to Google it because it'll give me a thousand pages. <laughs> I'm in pain. But if I can speak to a healthcare bot says that does what a doctor would do, that feels here, feels there, ask you if you had a fever, you know, go through all those things. But now imagine that the chatbot can determine the most likely diagnosis, but also trigger off a process to get a drone to bring you the medicine you need. I don't know how that's financed. But so that whole end of end value chain, not just I need the info. Blood, you know, the, the South African blood service, for instance, and other countries in Africa are using drones a lot. People who need a specific rare type of blood in a 
rural far out area, the drone flies and the drone can actually anonymously fly through certain weather patterns because you need to keep the blood at a certain temperature to use it. So that's banking, that's healthcare. And as I've already alluded to, Anthony, it must be education. Our children, people in Africa are smart. They just don't always have opportunities. So because we don't always have money, we can't always go to universities or things like that. But they, there must be a way through better digital access. And again, it comes back to the language question, offering a relevant education in a language that people can understand to give us our next level doctors, attorneys, non-corrupt politicians <laughs> and the like. So yeah, it must be. That's my thing. Anyway, Sydney, your take? Actually, on my take, Juan have already covered most of this. I think focusing on the e-commerce as well, you know, which is uh, quite one of the big space in Africa that's growing quite a lot, most of the e-commerce. I think that uh, the e-commerce can use the chat, chat box to promote their sales and marketing campaigns of what they're offering. Because a chat box can intelligently make recommendations to customers based on their active sales, you know, and also making campaigns by asking questions and interfacing with the, in the CRM also. So the e-commerce can use the chatbot for re-engage customers as well, who has already bought things from them, they can use it to re-engage them. And with the chatbot for the e-customers, they will be able to uh, get the 24-7 order support, you know, try to let them know what they want. I think these are one of the things that is going to be good, but before this can be achieved, that is where we need to also, from what Joan said, to, it now boils down to the language, you know, where we try to be able to understand each customer to know, to support them. So uh, the last one I want to say is, I was about listening to something about using a chatbot, you know, in the healthcare. So, you know, uh, using it in the African world is basically when you move to the rural area, how are you going to use this kind of uh, chatbot to support the nurses or the health workers that are on the field. So you can use it to provide critical information, you know, that they'll be able to understand and they be able to support the doctors as well and assist patients. So uh, that is my take. Wow, very, very important points made by um, Sydney and Johan too. I'm imagining like all of these things. I remember during the COVID pandemic lockdown, um, how yeah. much we innovated and innovatively just uh, creative solutions that may, in the next, ten, we didn't dream to have such solutions in 10 years, five years, but those solutions came and we all thought, wow, can we actually do this when we have a lot um, on our plate? It just seems like, oh, we actually just pulled this off. I, I really hope that we do not see another pandemic you know, in order to have these solutions closer to us than we expected. Now, let's look at the future of conversational AI on the continent. Some, something is telling me, oh, okay, let's start first before we start talking about the future. But something else is telling me, okay, you know what? The future is what's going to happen next. If we take a look at the numbers just for a while, IDC Worldwide Semi-Annual Cognitive Artificial Intelligence Systems Spending Guide um, says the conversational AI market will reach $77.6 billion in 2022. This is more than three times that the number was forecast in 2018. Now, how big is the conversational AI market in Africa as compared to the global market? And how big do you think this market will be in Africa at the end of 2022? Johan, let's start with you, then we'll go to Sydney. 
Anthony, I'll have to pull out a crystal ball to answer that question. Uh, the problem we have is that not a lot of research is done in the African market. So, I mean, I follow the, the um, Forrester reports, the Gartner reports, and there's definitely a lot we can learn from it because I do think Africa will follow a lot of these trends. But the actual number, how big is this market in Africa? I don't know if anyone knows. I haven't seen any research. Maybe it is out there. It could be some university that's done it. I don't think it's currently comparable to a Northern American market size or a Western European market size. The, as I've alluded to earlier, the potential for growth in Africa is higher than it is in those other areas. What it is now, I have no idea. Where it can go, it could be significant. But yeah, I don't know um, if Sydney or other people might have that info, um, Anthony, or even some of your listeners, but... No one knows. People don't care about Africa. These American companies don't want to come and do research here unless it's on mosquitoes and malaria, but they don't talk about conversational AI. So I can't answer your question, but the, the scope and the potential is huge. That I can say with, with a lot of confidence. So if you're going to put some money behind or some numbers behind the potential for growth um, of conversational AI on the continent, what estimate will it be? Just take a wild guess. I was guess. a man. Yeah, $5 billion. Oh, wow. In the next two, three years, $5 billion market. But but then let me just qualify that. And that's the suite or the ecosystem of smart technology that could be spearheaded by conversational AI. But we have to look at our cloud investments, our skills investments, and the like, you know, machine learning and so forth. Because without those foundations, conversational AI um, will not operate well. So maybe it's another way to say that the smart technology investment of which conversational AI is a pillar, five or more billion dollars, it, it could be huge. But again, Anthony, I'm not going to put this down at a casino. I don't know, but it could be huge. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Sydney, what do you think? Um, place your own bet. All right. Before that, from what you said, Anthony, that the COVID-19 makes the adoption of conversational AI to have a very big significance in the world. So I think also from the research that PwC did, they said it is a research for all over the world, actually. They say that they find out that the 52% of companies stepped up the adoption of AI in 2020 as a direct result of COVID-19, which they say that most of the 59% of consumers pass through conversational AI to talk. So uh, from what I could say, and also as Joan said, nobody, there's no research out there that basically focuses on So because we have no research somewhere there, we have nothing to show of it. So I was making a research to find out if I would see anything, but nobody can always peg a figure on it, you know. But what we could say is that commercial AI adoption across industries in Africa is quite increasing. It's quite going fast because most of the companies are trying to use commercial AI. So we have seen quite a lot of enterprises, you know, they use it to cut costs and also to increase their revenue and improve customer satisfaction over a period of time. So I'm not coming to put a call, but what I could say is that there are quite a lot of adoption of AI in banking industry, which I know there are quite a lot of research out there going on right now, trying to find out what, what is the share. So from what I could see, since there was a research I read, they said that in 2023, there will be 7.3 billion increase in the financial industry. So let's try to say that Africa will get like 1 billion, you know, as uh, Johan said, because there are quite a lot of people in Africa using this 
solution right now. So I think we are looking at getting something out of it, but it's not something that we can be able to put a peg. We don't have a figure for it. So, Johan, final thoughts on how big conversational AI will get in Africa at the end of 2022 when we're looking back in retrospect and how big it will get in the next three to five years. If I can answer that in this way, Anthony, remember as human beings, the core of what we are is we are communicators. One of the reasons we have evolved more than other animals is because we've developed an ability to use tools and to communicate. Other animals will make sounds and stuff, but obviously humans, we can express ourselves eloquently. So, so at the core of this whole conversation is basic human need to converse, hence conversational AI. So, you know, in the past, we, and today still, we're wearing our technology or we're holding our technology in our hand, our mobile phones. More and more, we are wearing our technology as wearables, smartwatches and the like. But we soon, in this year, are going to start getting to a point where the technology is in our brains. And Elon Musk and Neuralink is already going to start implants this year. It could be beneficial if you think of um, brain disease, Alzheimer's and the like. The issues around privacy is, is a big issue. And why I've said all that, because the, the need to communicate will never change. The way technology advances will enhance our ability to communicate with each other and with AI and our service providers and the like. So it is a huge area across the world, conversational AI. Think of if I don't even have to speak into my microphone, I just think the thought and the conversational AI answers my question back. The challenge in developing the developing world is connectivity, electricity supply, and the likes. So the question I have is, will Africa keep up with the advances of this technology, given that we are still struggling with very fundamental infrastructure issues and the like? Having said all of that, to answer your question, I think it will most likely explode across our continent as connectivity becomes more spread out, as the cost of connectivity comes down, as the cost of devices come down, as more and more very young people start learning to use these things, it, it will explode. Can't put a number to it, but I think we're in for an interesting ride. And it can be very, very good for our continent and for our children. Given that we've been left behind the rest of the world for many reasons, maybe we can leapfrog in a certain ex- sense, given where this technology can take us as Africans, Sir Anthony. Very interesting. Sydney, how big do you think conversational AI gets in Africa in the coming years? Well, I usually tell people that the hype is over, right? About that conversational AI is yet to stay. That's why I usually tell people the hype is over and is yet to stay. So uh, I do want to say, let's for instance, that chatbot and computer assistant agents have easily been one of the most ever hyped applications, you know? of uh, AI of the last decade. So uh, I think the first generation of chatbots failed to be very smart, accurate, and uh, scalable. So the chatbot we have right now is scalable and going to be accurate. So on my own predictions, I think that in the next two to three years, quite a lot of chatbots and functional AI are going to be used. Most banks and most financial industries and insurance are going to be using voice bots, you know, 
there are going to be quite a lot of scale of adopting this solution in Africa. And also, looking at the prediction from Gartner, they say that conventional AI and its technologies will be ready for prime time in less than two years, which means that in less than two years, let's have a hope that in Africa, we are going to be in the prime time of using chatbots and conventional AI. Very apt. Thank you very much, Sydney, for um, this particular discussion. Thank you for sharing your thoughts here. Thank you very much. So thank you so much, Anthony, for having me. And thank you, Johan. It's been a good time discussing with you. Uh, on the results, thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.